Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to Private Parts with not, alas, Jamie Lang, um, as you might have already noticed, but me, Tom Reed Wilson, as a firm and dear chum, I've decided to fill his shoes, which is a pretty tricky challenge, but I'm going to scale that mountain because I have a special chum with me and I think we can do it together. This is a lady that The Guardian described as a real stand-up gem and indeed She does coruscate with both her beauty and her wit. We have an awful lot in common, too. We have a love of cats, the dear chum Alan Carr, uh, and my favourite quote of Susie's when she was asked, what makes her sad? She replied, injustice and bad coffee. Yep, stand by it. Stand by it. After my own heart, Susie. Yes. Welcome. I'm so sorry that you've got the understudy today. <laughs> no, it's my pleasure. I mean, we've met, we started chatting, we haven't stopped chatting. We've, we've, become, we've become fast friends. It's very exciting. So I'm, I'm delighted you're here. Oh, well, I'm so delighted. And we've had a big chat about the theatre already. But we have, yep. I have been digging through your trunks, as it were. I mean, you're the first man to do that in a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> and I have discovered that you have this great love of music hall I which yes yes I do I think you said once that you trade doing all the vast arenas like the O2 and the Apollo for playing a music hall tell me why well I like the music hall venues yeah oh do you sorry music hall or music oh definitely hall. music hall yes, okay as good. opposed to Broadway M- okay that's yet. fine yes. I just um Wanted to double check because I'd also quite happy to be in Les Mis, uh, just in case the <laughs> oh, casting, just in case anyone casting's listening. Um, I, because the well, I like the rooms first of all because they're brilliant because they were created in a time when uh, they're great to play as a stand-up because the they were created in a time before before um, amplification, so the yeah. acoustics are perfect. So you'll say something and the laugh just hits you because it's 
perfectly built. And so they're wonderful to play, but also I just love that whole era of, I'd quite like to be, you know, one of those girls that dressed up as a boy. Oh my God, I can see songs. you being yeah. Ella Shields, doing Burlington Bertie exactly. from Burl. And you know, and I look great in a tux. So I mean, there's a lot of things you to do. enjoy. I've seen you in a tux. Hey, I like wearing a tux. <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely testify to that. Thank you, tuxify. But also I think that, <laughs> I think also there's a curious link between the music hall comedians and what you do because I always think you say it's very old fashioned <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. because it should have died a hundred years ago <laughs> no just insofar as if you think of those days when you had a kind of top of the bill comedian and then a, a third or fourth of the bill comedian and they would tour around together and yeah. they would be able to watch each other in the wings yes and in many ways you have done the naughtiest version of that, haven't you, with your career? Yeah, I sort of, sort of gone around, I've toured with a lot of comics, which has been amazing. And so you just go all over the country and play different places and watch them. And yeah, it's brilliant. It's fantastic. As you were saying at the, uh, in my, uh, in my opening, no, that's not the right word, in <laughs> my, uh, in the summer of who oh, I am. hand on your opening, darling. <laughs> and I am very grateful for that. Uh, <laughs> but, uh. But yeah, like supporting people like Alan Carr and yes. I've done Josh and Josh Widdicombe and Ramesh Ranganathan. And so I've been sort of on the road a lot with these sort of quite brilliant, lovely men. And so it's been, so I've loved it. I, I feel, feel very that. privileged to have done it. Do you know what I think is curious actually is that if you think about other things when you do things solo, I mean, if you were a solo singer, for example, mm -hmm. I don't think of a singing community and yet all those names you mention are such close friends. I mean, yeah. Rob Beckett. Yes, and I know Rob. And yeah. Russell Kane and yep. you and Catherine Ryan. And we all know each other because I think the thing is about stand-up is it's a real leveller in as much as um, no one ever really gets too big for their boots because you're, you always know that you've got to go out and do the job. You know, I think like with singers and with like, you know, big bands and big actors, they get like... But they're always sort of like a long way away from their audience. That you know, that yes. camera or that you know, they're or they're behind their music or whatever else. But as a comic, you're very much in the moment. You're with people. You connect with people. And I think because of that, you sort of you know, you stay very normal. And then also, we all end up seeing each other because what what comic comedy can be quite isolating because you're out there on your own. You travel to your gig by yourself. If you're doing a solo tour, sometimes you have support, sometimes you don't. Yes. And so you when you've got the chances to gig with friends and most of the time it will be at charity gigs would, you know, there'll be these big charity gigs in the West end or down at Brighton dome uh, where someone's, you know, and, and so you'll be like, Oh, I'm on a bill tonight with Rom and Ramesh and yes. uh, Oh, okay. And uh, John, John Richardson's on and so-and-so's on. And so you just end up becoming Sarah Pascoe. You just end up getting to know all of these fantastic comics. And then we're all, I think we're all so delighted to gig with each other. It'd be like, oh, should we go for a drink? Yeah, we should all hang out because we're all gigging by ourselves all the time. And there is a real comedy community. And we all come up at, you know, we all, a lot of us came up at similar times. So like, you know, Josh is sort of a few years ahead of me in sort of like comedy school, if you thought of it like that. <laughs> yes. But, you know, I remember when he was newer and then I was, sort, you know, so we, you all... You sort of grow together. You know, there's obviously people like Alan Carr and McIntyre who were already household names before yeah. I'd even considered being a stand-up. But most of the other ones that we've mentioned are sort of, I sort of have watched them go from smashing the circuit to being the smallest name on a TV show to hosting their own show. Yes, and you've all kind of evolved simultaneously. Yeah, you? I guess so. I'm sort of I'm sort of very much at the beginning of my TV stuff. Like I've done more this year than I've ever done before and I've got lots coming out in the next few months. But it's... Um, but yeah, you certainly watch people and you get and you get inspired by that as well. And when you do 
go to the pub with Rob and yeah. Russell and whoever it might be, and you're all there together. Yeah. Is it considerably less funny? No, actually, they're it- all really funny. I've got to say, Josh is hilarious. He's one of my best mates, and he makes me laugh constantly. Tom Allen is has me consistently in stitches. Rom's the same. I g- Generally... There is sort of this idea of like sort of oh you know the the tortured comic who comes off stage. And... I was just gonna say because yeah. I mean if you think of like the seventies comics, yeah, you think of Spike Milligan and yeah. Peter Sellers and people like that, then you yeah, think, think of the, the dark alter ego, and it is no more, is no, it? No, I don't think so. And I think like yeah, I, I think that it's it's become more joyous. I think there's still sort of angry comics, and there's still people that aren't um, that aren't as much fun, <laughs> but generally. <laughs> And certainly of my generation, it's 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 a hoot. I love it. What would you attribute that to? I don't know. I think there's a lot of work now, and I think there's and people are sort of excited by it. I also think that we yeah. all know that we're really lucky to do it. It is the one live stage event that's really being celebrated, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. sort of had this massive injection of energy and zest, I think. I think so. And I also think a lot of people are sort of fascinated by it because they're like, oh, I could never do that. Yes. And you'll meet people that do all sorts of work that are within the industry, but like, you know, actors, friends or musician friends or whoever else, but they'll go, oh, yeah, I, I can do this or I can talk on camera or I can perform completely, but oh God, no, I couldn't do sound. I couldn't bear it. Well, I completely empathise with that yeah. notion because I'm an, I don't know if you know, but I'm an erstwhile thespian. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one thing, Susie, that I thought I could never do. I mean, the thought of, I've done a one-man show before, but yes. it was 15 songs. So I always had a song to escape into. Yeah, great. But the notion of just standing and talking and sort of flirting with an audience endlessly for, well, for, for two like hours, hours yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's remarkable. I mean... <laughs> Let's not be silly. I'm not curing cancer. I'm just sort of telling a few jokes, putting on a voice, say, doing a silly walk, and then fucking off. But I mean, it is. Oh, I don't know if we're allowed to swear. Are we? Yeah, oh, podcast. Oh, fuck yeah. it. So uh, <laughs> no, but it, I think that there is. Um, it, 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 but it's like anything. You just get used to it. Yes. You know, like you saying singing. There are loads. Of, oh God, you know, loads of people that have great voices, but the the nerves would just kill them. And I just think you just get so used to it being what you do. Yeah. That you get nervous. But you become able to handle the nerves. Do you have a technique with your audience? I mean, do you flirt with them a little? Are you um, combative? No, I'm not really combative. Um, you know, occasionally I'll be slightly tougher if they're a, if they're a rowdy room. I'll go on with a bit more of an edge. Yes. But generally, I'd say that I um, I'm, I'm not the kind of comic that would like be like, "You're a prick. You're a wanker." I'm more like, <laughs> "I didn't have any friends at school. Do you want to be friends?" Like that's very much my style of like, "I'm an outcast. Are you? Yeah, cool. Let's be mates." So it's more that than um, than. Oh, I love that. A no, I want to be peripheral. Yeah, no, I just. But that's the thing. I think that I love stand up because I just think it's joyous and I think it's a wonderful thing to be able to share with, with people. Like last year, I had an. A horrendous breakup and being able to talk about it on stage firstly I found very cathartic but then from doing that show I found that loads of audience members would get in touch with me on Twitter or come up to me after the shows and be like oh I've had that breakup or oh I'm going through that breakup or oh I've just met someone but I had that breakup before and I think it's lovely to be able to stand on stage and go like oh I felt like this and it's awful and when people laugh they're agreeing yes you know as soon as you're like oh god I had that I had that breakup that where I thought I might not breathe again and when yes. people go oh yeah I've had that breakup 
you're like, oh, great. Well, I feel better and so do you. And it's so interesting that you say catharsis because it mm. it's exactly that. It's in exactly the same way as people always talk about tears. Yeah. I feel the same. I go to a lot of stand-up and that pang of recognition that makes you roar with laughter. Absolutely. Is as powerful, isn't it? As, oh, as totally. Sobbing. Well, yeah, and I feel like that's sort of, talking about Alan Carr beforehand, like it was such a privilege to do his his warm-up on tour for him because I was a huge fan of his. Yes. Before I'd even um, before I'd even considered stand-up, I was doing a bit of acting, doing a lot of waitressing. And <laughs> um, and I really got into his his first DVD, Tooth Fairy. I would watch it yes. loads. I w- and, and I remember watching it and just thinking, I love that he's out. I love that he's, that everyone loves him. And I love that he's, you know, millions of people are going to watch this DVD and they're going to, you know, they're, they're not laughing at a gay guy. They're laughing with someone that's gay. And for, for me, as someone who had not long been out when I started watching Alan, I was really heartened by it. Yes. I felt like a great connection to him. And then obviously getting to meet him was a pleasure. Yeah. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Well, talking of that and talking about celebrating being out, I really want to talk about your podcast because, of course... You are a fellow podcaster. I am. I do a bit of podding. I do. This wonderfully successful podcast, Like-Minded it, Friends. Yeah, it's quite successful. It's um, it's just me and Tom Allen and it's, um, it, it, the, the, the tagline is, two homo best friends talk about art, culture and life sometimes. And Sounds so, like heaven. Yeah. So if you ever want to make it a menage a trois. <laughs> oh God, I'd we would love, love that. Yes, <laughs> please do. But uh, I have to ask you because... You did say about that podcast that one of the things that touches you most mm. is how broad the reach is. And when yeah. you hear voices from countries where it's either uncomfortable or even yeah. illegal. Yeah, um, that's the bizarre thing. So we could, pardon the pun, go in through the back end and see <laughs> who listens to the podcast. We found that we have listeners in countries where homosexuality is yet to be decriminalized. And that sort of made us both go, like, oh, yeah. my God, that's, yeah. that's crazy to be able to be a connection somehow to a yes. different world where they don't where 
well, well, yeah, to, to something that feels supportive and something that feels loving and and where, where hopefully you could feel okay for an hour listening to a podcast. Yeah. And the other lovely thing is that we have a real uh, young listenership as well. Um, and we have a really straight listenership as well, which is great. People just being like, I'm not a like-minded friend, but I'm an ally. And we're like, that's great. You're just as welcome. Yes. And, yes. Um, and Well, I think it's so fitting this year because, I mean, if you think about Section 28. Yes, of course. The big spike in pride mm. was 88 yeah yeah, when yeah. It suddenly soared to 40,000 people yeah and about a third of those people were straight teachers who yes. were so outraged yeah absolutely that the curriculum was being dictated in that way absolutely and I think that's so important like I've got I'm it's pride this weekend yeah and I'm going out with a, a bunch of my friends and I'm hoping our paths might I'm, cross. I'm really hoping that there'll be Maybe a small glass of salve somewhere. Yes. And uh, maybe a large, maybe a bottle. <laughs> Fuck it, let's get seven bottles. And something with bubbles. So, so, something. You know, look, if you're paying, it's fine. <laughs> so, um, but um, I, uh, yeah, lo- like I would say there's probably 10 of us going out and four of us are gay. But my friends are like, oh, we really want to come. We want to support. We want to be part of it. Yeah. And they've all gone and got their Choose Love t shirts, the, you know, the rainbow ones that yeah. are for. Um, help refugee. Yeah, and, I, and I, I've got my vest too. Very I just good. The sleeves. Lovely. Who needs Perfect. a sleeve? No one. <laughs> and so, um, but yeah, and so I think that's really nice that it can be celebrated by everyone and that everyone's invited. Yeah, I and that they don't need to too. feel like you're not because you don't. You know, no one needs to be in any boxes. Yeah. Just everyone can come. And, and I think that outreach of pride as well. I mean, it's just like your podcast because well, if you think that. about if you think about those forty countries particularly the ones that are suffering from the sh- long shadow of Section 377 yeah, of, yeah, absolutely. of the laws that haven't been repealed. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, which is very strange and uncomfortable for people that are in, in the country. UK. They're yes, like, oh, exactly. colonialism, has, I'm really sorry about that because this is really, this is, yeah, these laws overhanging are really, have really, yeah, it meant that, you know, people that are gay in other countries have a lot harder time than us. And yeah. Our, our laws have progressed, but yeah, it's very uncomfortable. I went to um, India this year with my, my girlfriend. I went to India and I found that really interesting to be in a place where being gay is, well, it was, homosexuality was decriminalized in 2009, but it was recriminalized in 2013. Yes. So you sort of go, oh, gays yes, are all right. Still no, they're kind not. of on a knife edge, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And so I was there with <laughs> a couple of gay guys and I got there and they were like which one's your husband and I was like the one in hot pants playing Ariana Grande out of his phone <laughs> so, well. so I was like yeah come on then <laughs> we're doing this but that's so wonderful that they that in this digital age yes absolutely our pride will reach them perhaps yes. through Instagram and Twitter and, yeah, and your really, podcast well that, that, that's that's the hope and it'd be lovely if it did that's wonderful yeah now on to more private matters. Go on. I want to know a little bit about your Cornish Rex. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely fine. I don't know where you were going with that. <laughs> um, Which, incidentally, is a cat, just yes, in case that is. sounds like a euphemism. I mean, it did, yeah, but it's, it's fine. I mean, I'll talk to you about anything. I'm Are these open. the ones that have these amazing ears that yeah, are like satellites very large ears she's also very small i think she was the runt of the litter and i was like i, I, I love her um <laughs> and mother doesn't notice and so i um uh, she's just this um small cat with curly fur it's quite unusual sure and um <laughs> she's um basically she's called valma kelly huge fan of musicals as well as music hall oh, yeah and um she um she is 
a bitch. And there's no getting away from it. And I have done it to her. She's completely spoiled. She, like, cries if she can't sleep in my bed with me. Like, she... I have a girlfriend now, but when I was sort of dating, if a girl would come over, she would just go for them. And so, you know, she's very difficult to be around. Basically, I'm quite worried about having children now because I feel like I've, I create monsters. <laughs> just have some awful child that, like, you know, she'll piss in a box, she'll occasionally bite, but she's beautiful. <laughs> no, but Danny, I do think that this is feline specific because is this is why I love them because they're so intensely manipulative yeah because they do do that they're so clever yeah that they will find a way to make you feel desperately guilty or <laughs> yeah. to inveigle their way back into your and cushion. then i feel lucky that she wants to sit on me you yes, know it's exactly. all although i read a really interesting thing the other day maybe you know this do you know that if cats are left by themselves adult cats they don't meow the yeah. cats only meow to try and mimic us talking to get our attention Oh my God. Don't so you love them like, more? They're, they're like birds. Yeah. Because do you know that birds, all the bird sounds are to do with imitation. Yeah. Like they talk faster in the city because they imitate the traffic. And, oh. they, and they're probably very busy. And they're, That's oh, the thing. They're always busy. On the go. I mean, never catch a pigeon. <laughs> you really can't. <laughs> Yeah, you can't. I've never, I've never tried. But hey, it's Pride this weekend. I, I, I remember trying to shoe a pigeon once in Soho Square because, well, actually, two look like the sort of Adonises of the pigeon world, both taking their turns <laughs> on this one-legged, oh no, poor bedraggled old pigeon who just wasn't at all interested. I mean, I think she was like, "I've retired from all of this," you know. <laughs> I'm too old for all of this. <laughs> Leave it out. <laughs> That sort of thing. I've got this gammy leg. Oh, go away. Yes. Lovely, yeah. And they decided that she was the most delicious in the whole flock and just and, took and it in turn. And that's a lesson for life, isn't it? You know, never think that you're not going to be the chosen one. You know, no. you could be the ugliest pigeon going, have a gammy leg, and you've got two fellas after you, you know? <laughs> if anything, this podcast is giving people hope. Absolutely. By <laughs> <laughs> the pigeon room. So, darling, before we wrap up for the first act, mm-hmm. I wonder if I might... Let you be my ear for my pride poem. Oh, yes, please. Because I did a little poem that sort of maps the history of pride. And I should give it a little bit of context because no coward. Huge uh, fan. Oh, really? Yeah, love him. As am I. Yeah, love him. Um, He did a wonderful piece during the Blitz Mm -hmm. called London Pride. And after uh, after the Blitz, he did this piece because he was sitting at Waterloo Station and he was just watching the commuters carry on, you know, the day after Mm. and thinking that sort of quiet stoicism is amazing. Yeah, yeah. And the metaphor was this flower, this little pink flower that grows in tiny cracks in in walls um, and doesn't look like it has proper nourishment and so on and so forth. And I thought, well, actually, that's a lovely metaphor too for the lgbt plus journey over the years that it's not had a lot of fertilizer and yet it's grown like these beautiful flowers um so it's on my phone because i'm frightfully digital oh how awful i'm so sorry (laughs) i had no idea (laughs) and it goes like this pride look in cracks in english walls and sometimes you will see A pale pink flower growing there, tightly packed as it can be. Though crevices leave little room, this flower cannot hide. You may know this tiny bud. Its name is London Pride. In 72, in London town, they marched 2,000 strong. 
Flanked by coppers, watched by shoppers, steadfastly they moved along. Glaring eyes and hanging mouths were seen among the crowd. But together, it didn't matter. Together, they were proud. Look back through our politics, and maybe you will see choices made to shield the young from those perverse as they can be. Though crevices are tighter as those in power chide, there it is, stronger still, that pretty London pride. In 88, in London town, now 40,000 strong, flanked by coppers, watched by shoppers, stoically they moved along. Some objected, some applauded, some just stood aside. But together, they didn't notice, so filled were they with pride. Look now at our English walls. You'll see they are suffused with thousands of those tiny flowers, thriving now, though once abused. The crevices are opening, so fewer have to hide. So those who catch the sun's rays first must sing out loud with pride. Here we are in London town, now a million strong, flanked by coppers, watched by shoppers, smiling at the happy throng. And should we see but one or two who swim against the tide, let's lift them up and carry them, carry them with pride. Oh, I love that. That was fantastic. I loved it. Oh, good. Actually, originally, that was, in fact, a song lyric. And the man that wrote the music was my best chum, Gary, who features rather heavily in my diary this week. Oh, how exciting. Which is going to feature rather heavily in Act Two. I can't wait. So join us in Act Two. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.